Well, good morning, and we are on to John chapter 14. So we're going to dive right in today, and uh, let me tell you, this is going to be some exciting stuff. <laughs> and I think there's a passage of, of scripture in here that has been very confusing for a lot of people for a very long time, and um, I've been able to gain some clarity on it, and I think that for some of you, this may be really helpful in understanding what God wants us to do and what in the world this means, what Jesus says in John chapter 14. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. If you're bringing it up on a mobile device, I'll be reading from New King James Version. And if you can choose that, that'll just make it easier to, to follow along with us. If you remember, uh, where are we? Jesus has just had his time with his um, disciples in the upper room. And Judas has agreed to betray Jesus. Jesus washes all the disciples' feet, and then he points out Judas and says, go do what you're about to do. Judas bails. The other disciples don't exactly know what's going on. Um, and Jesus you know, says, I'm going to leave. And where I'm going, you can't go. And Peter is like, Jesus, I'll go with you. I, I would give my life for you. Wherever you go, I'm going. And Jesus basically looks back at Peter and goes, nah. No, you won't. In fact, you're going to betray me three times before the rooster crows. And certainly Peter doesn't think that's going to happen, though it does. And that brings us to John chapter 14. All right. Peter's just made his big, bold statement, and Jesus has just told him that he's going to deny him. Um, Because here's the deal. Jesus knows what they don't know. And Jesus knows that things are about to get very difficult for them. Very difficult. And they're going to think that he's gone. And they're going to think that they're on their own. And he needs them to know that they are not. And so that's what he's going to spend this chapter doing. So let's start in John chapter 14 uh, in verse 1. Ready? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. So Jesus is trying to tell them, you know, things are going about to get really bad and I am going to leave, but you got to trust me. You got to trust me that it's going to pay off. That if I leave, I'm going to prepare things for you and I will be back to get you. And when I do, it'll all be worth it. Okay. I don't know if you've ever felt that way where you, you did something. You're like, maybe it was something that you were doing for someone else out of the goodness of your heart, out of your generous spirit. Maybe it was something you did, we were doing in church in some other ministry or nonprofit um, where you're bringing glory to God, but you don't feel like you're getting much out of it at the time. You don't feel like you're getting any attention or accolades or recognition or whatever it is, and you get frustrated. Listen, it will be worth it. All right, and the payoff may not come now. The payoff will probably come later. Okay, so we need to be consistent. We need to be dependable. We need to seek the glory of God above our own glory and know that the payoff is coming later. And frankly, if we get reward now for what we do, that's the reward that we get. And so Jesus is saying, hang in there, guys. You know where I'm going and you know how to get there. But 
they don't actually which is why thomas says uh, verse five <laughs> thomas said to him poor thomas <laughs> doubting thomas let's go die with jesus thomas all right thomas um verse five thomas said to him lord we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way you i are you going to samaria we don't know you keep saying you're going somewhere we don't know where that is jesus said to him i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me where i'm going is to the father and the way is through me this is as clearly as jesus can possibly say it thomas listen all of you listen you know where i'm going I'm going back to the Father because that's where I came from. And you know how to get there. I've been saying this over and over and over again. You need to believe in me. Believe in me for salvation. If if you had known me, verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. Hint, 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 hint. You've seen God. All of this. Philip said to him, now it's Philip's turn, Lord, show us the Father. It's, it is, and it is sufficient for us. And listen, man, so get this. After all of this, after all of this, even Jesus' disciples aren't 100% sure. They're not. They're 98, maybe 98. But Philip is like, Jesus is saying, you've seen the Father, you're looking at him. And and Philip's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I know. You yeah, you said you said that. I, I know. Um, but if you could show him to us, that would do it. I mean, I feel like you guys agree that would do it. That would do it. Just show him to us. Oh, <laughs> He just he just said what they were all thinking, frankly. So kudos to you, Philip, for at least speaking up, right? Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Oh, poor Philip, spokesman for the group. He comes, Jesus comes right back at him personally. You still have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say... Show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. This is huge. Jesus saying, I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. You've seen me. You've seen the Father, Philip. And catch this. Now, this is really, really important. All right? Right here in this verse, it's verse... Let me get my number right. Verse 10. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Catch that terminology. 
does the works. The reason I say this is so important is because if we don't understand what this verse says, we are not going to understand what the verses after this says. They are going to be very confusing to us. And because, frankly, people have not done their due diligence to understand this text properly, they have taken the following verses way out of context and done all kinds of crazy things within within the church with them. They've just, I mean, you could go off the rails easily if you don't understand how important verse 10 is. Jesus says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. I'm not speaking for myself. The the words that I give you, my message, my mission, which is, quite frankly, believe in me for everlasting life. He has, he, he has officially beaten the dead horse at this point. The words that I speak, believe in me. I'm in the Father, the Father, and believe in me. The words that I speak, are not. I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. What are the works? What does he mean when he says the Father does the works? Is he talking about raising people from the dead? No. Is he talking about healing blind people? No. Is he talking about uh, turning water into wine? No. The works that the Father does in him are speaking the truth of the gospel. Okay? The works that he's talking about are sharing the gospel, the truth, that if we believe in Jesus Christ, we can have everlasting life. That is the works he's talking about. Now, let's read the rest of what he says so we can understand. Believe in me, or believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So either you just believe that you've seen the Father in me, and I'm in the Father, or believe me for salvation itself, the truth itself. And here, here are the catchers. Here, here are the, the tricky verses. You ready? Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. This is people have gotten so bound up by this verse. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. And people say, oh, works like raising people from the dead. Works like healing people. Works like miracles and supernatural things. That's what Jesus is talking about. If I believe in Jesus, all right, if I believe in him, what he, those kinds of things he does, I'll get to do those also. In fact, greater things I will do. No, <laughs> no. It's not that those things might not happen or that he might not empower us to do supernatural things, but that's not what he's saying here. What he's saying is, if you believe in him, the speaking of truth, of salvation, the hope and the joy of the grace of God in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Messiah, that the same words and truth that Jesus speaks, we too will speak out of our belief. And that greater than he, we will be able to do because we, with the spirit within us, are going to be able to go everywhere. All of us filled with the spirit are going to be empowered to share the gospel in every place. 
And it's greater than what Jesus would be able to do on his own. That's what he's talking about, sharing the truth of Jesus. And whatever, and he, it, you know, let's keep reading. It gets trickier if you don't have the context. 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, if we have the wrong context when we're reading this verse and we think he's talking about miraculous works or signs is the term that John uses, if we think he's talking about signs, well, that surely makes it look like we can demand that God do things. Like, like uh, for the glory of God, you know, if I had a relative who got a severe case of the COVID-19, the coronavirus, that I could pray in faith because I believe in God and that God would somehow be obligated to heal that person because I believe in him. No! God has certainly the ability to heal them and he will do that if it's within his will and if it will bring the, the most glory to him. He knows what's best. We trust and believe in that. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, But he's talking about this in the context of speaking the truth of the gospel to people. So what it means is, and it is, make sure you get that wording right, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Only for the glory of God, not for our glory, only for the glory of God, that if I pray, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If I pray, and I ask Jesus for an opportunity to speak the truth, he will give it to me. If I ask him to, to help me to speak what is accurate, he will help me to do that. If I ask him for something, for the advancement of the gospel, the good news, so that people would believe and know that Jesus is the Christ, he will do that. He will empower me. He will lead me. He will allow me to do the works he did, which was sharing the truth. That's what that verse means. Man, it's been so misunderstood, but that's what it means. And that's why he uses that as a segue to get into how that's going to happen. How we are going to be empowered. Because yeah, he's going to be gone physically. So what is what what do they do then? Oh, he's got a plan for that. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Jesus, Jesus is going to go physically, but he wants them to know that they will not be alone. And as they go out and do the works that he did, speaking the truth, preaching, essentially, the gospel, that they are not going to have to do that on their own, that they will not be left. He will send a helper that will abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He's saying, I'm going, but the spirit will be here. Not only will he be here, he will be in you. I think I mentioned this in a previous video, but I heard someone say, I think it was the video yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, nope, check that two days ago. And uh, that the only thing better than Jesus walking next to you 
is the Spirit within you. And the fact that the Spirit can be in all of us as believers, spread across the entire world with so many different opportunities and environments and platforms and influences. And Jesus says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 19, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Well, now this is interesting because this is the first time I can recall Jesus saying that he would be in them. He's talked about being in the Father and the Father being in him, but as far as I can recollect, this is the first time he's talked about being in them. And it's when he tells them that the Spirit is coming. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. See, the Spirit and Jesus the Son and God the Father are one. They are one God, yet they are three distinct persons within God. It's one of the most difficult concepts for us to understand. The best way I know how to describe it is, Scripture says that we were created in God's image. And I don't believe that means we were created in God's physical image. I don't know what or how God's physical image would even work. I believe that we are created in God's spiritual image. And I believe that in a way... We are a representation of the Trinity. What I mean by that is, uh, I am John. Yet, though I am John, I have a body, and I have a soul, and I have a mind. And those three things, because of sin (laughs) in my life and in the world, do not work in perfect harmony. There are times where my mind thinks it can do things, that my body simply cannot do anymore. (laughs) And there are times when my body wants to do things that my mind says, no, sir, or my soul, my spirit says, no. There are times where I know that I'm supposed to think something or feel a particular way, and I don't. And that's because of sin in my body. God, however, does not have sin within himself. He has the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and all three are co-equal and in perfect harmony with one another. So it's not though as though Jesus himself is in us. We, even as kids, will pray um, to ask Jesus into our hearts, which has got to be confusing because I don't know how he fits there. And But that's what we say when we're kids. Um, but the truth is that's not what happens. Jesus doesn't come into our heart. We accept Jesus as our Savior, and the Spirit comes into our life. And he leads us, and he gives us clarity, and he empowers us to do the will of God, to share the truth of God, the good news about Jesus Christ. And he is in us. Now, verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot. Let me just say, poor Judas, not Iscariot. That guy, he got a bad deal. The rest of his life, my 
the rest of his life. What's your name? Judas. Are you one of Jesus' disciples? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> not Iscariot, okay? The good Judas. I'm the good Judas. Poor Judas. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? I mean, because he's thinking about this very literally, right? Jesus, if you come back and we see you, can't everybody else see you too? No, that's not what Jesus is talking about, is it? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we, capital, we will come to him and make our home with him. This is the Spirit indwelling us. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now let me point this out. The Spirit's role, Jesus said the Spirit's role, is to teach us and to bring to remembrance all things that Jesus said to us. It's to empower us in the gospel ministry, to share the good news of Jesus. He will come and he will be in us to teach us and lead us. And I I have to confess that I spend far too many days operating in my own strength and my own wisdom and my own leading and not leaning nearly enough on the spirit who I know is in me to speak the truth, to share hope, and to share love, and to serve. 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. He's giving them a special kind of peace that they're going to need over the next few days because they're going to be scared. So much so that even Peter, the brash, bold one, he's going to deny Jesus three times. But he's saying, don't be troubled. Hang on, don't be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. And if you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father. For my father is greater than I. (laughs) And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. He's trying to get them to, to know what's going on as it's happening. I will no longer talk much with you for the rulers of this world, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the father And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let's go from here. Mic drop moment from Jesus. That's uh, that's most of what I have to say. (laughs) The uh, the ruler of this world is coming. Who's he talking about? Well. Unfortunately, Satan is the ruler of this world. Jesus will return one day and he will rule, but for now, Satan is the ruler of this world. 
It means we have an uphill battle, but we have something that he couldn't possibly have. The power of the Spirit. And Jesus said, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. I know what i got to do. It's time to do it. So let's get on with it. Let's go. Man, what a powerful moment. And Jesus does go. And he gives his life on the cross and he rises again. But the disciples become apostles, <laughs> receive the Spirit. And they have the opportunity to go out and to spread the good news. People like John, who the Spirit leads to write Scripture and to write this down so that we can know the truth and that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing have life in his name, he gives us this. And the same Spirit that John received, we receive. <laughs> and so we have tremendous opportunities in front of us. We are not alone. You are not alone. The Spirit is with you and with me. And he wants us to share the gospel for the glory of God, to glorify God and the Son through the power of the Spirit. So what I want to encourage you to do is to think today about who you're going to share the truth with. Let me pray and ask him to lead us as we pursue that. Let's pray. God, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are worthy of glory. We thank you that you sent the Son, Jesus, to die on the cross and rise again for us. And I say for me, I believe that he is the Savior. And pray that everyone watching this video would say the same. I believe that he is the Savior. He is my Savior. And I believe, God, that you have not left us alone, but you have sent us your Spirit, the Holy Spirit living within me, living within all those who believe, that you might be manifested through us, that Christ might be manifested through us, that we may speak the words of truth, that you may lead us and teach us God, I pray that as we ask you for opportunities to share the gospel, you give them to us. I believe you will. As we ask you for words to say that are true and helpful and productive, that you will give those to us through your spirit. As we seek to bring honor and glory to you, not to ourselves, that your truth may spread throughout the entire world. I pray for each person who's watching this video who's thinking of people or opportunities in front of them right now where they need your leading and they need your guiding through the power of the Spirit. And I ask you, Lord, to give that to them so that they can go with boldness and do the works of Jesus to share hope, to share grace, to share the gospel. It's in your name we pray. Amen.